some of the things in the episode you're about to hear already happened. They're in the past. So congratulations. You can see the future and should probably start buying lottery tickets. Yeah, and betting on baseball games. And horses? Is that still a thing? It should be. You should do that too. Bet on some horses. Definitely. I'm Claire Manship. And I'm Ian Brodsky. And this is The Thing That Happened This Week. The show where everyone brings a story from the past seven days and we break it down. Ladies and gentlemen, we're beginning our descent into LaGuardia Airport. Please ensure that your tray table's up and your seat is in the full upright and locked position. If we happen to be in the event of a crash landing... Claire, Claire, Claire. That's enough. My, our darling, <laughs> you need to pick the order. Are you going first, second, or third? Third. Okay, who goes first? Ian. All right. <laughs> Ian, Claire, and Teresa. Yes. Ian Brodsky, what happened to you this week? So, this week, um, I went to a wedding, which I know like probably sounds familiar because I went to a wedding about a month ago. We um, get it. You have friends. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I guess I'm done here. Um, no, I'm... Um, and so, like, I was telling Claire Must a little be bit, nice. right? <laughs> <laughs> and I was telling Claire a little bit before, like, um, like this wedding was like a same crew of people because it was also college friends, as was the last one. But these were like my younger college friends. So, like, the first wedding was people who, like, um, oh, how did I put it the other day? Um, the first wedding was like people who like helped me grow up. And then this, and then this wedding was the people who saw me through growing up. Mm. So like they were the ones who were there with like we were there like with each other for like some like tough times and like we all saw each other through that. So like the first one was like all these people who care about each other, and then this one this weekend was like people who fucking hate each exactly, other. Exactly was obviously. like was like drink up, bitch, <laughs> like like that kind of crew. Um, and it was Do you have friends awesome. who call you bitch? We all just kind of, like, call each other, like, motherfucker, drink up! Like, ah. like that's, like, that, like, we're the kind of group that all, like, I don't want to say tears each other down, but, like, we're all, like, the butt of each other's jokes. I will say, for every time someone calls you or you call someone else a bitch, I really hope you're throwing in dickhead or something. Right, like... We, we're very 50-50. Right. There's <laughs> in, insult parody on the thing that happened this week. Right, exactly. There is. It's a, it's a lot of, like, fuck you, Sarah! No, fuck you! Uh-huh. Like, in the most loving way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I had my partner in crime with me, my friend Sarah, and um, we just took advantage of the open bar because... Um, they like they had like we were we decided whiskey that night and um mm-hmm, Patrice mm-hmm. and I had this discussion once whiskey makes us feel like a boss mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and this bartender definitely knew who she was um catering to so these were strong drinks and my main story from this is I'm in is that like I tear up the dance floor because I am a dance machine it's just who I am <laughs> I am just like I'm just Michael Flatley um <laughs> also and, my people yeah. right um, and so I'm hanging out in the bridal suite with um, friend of the show Brittany Pieri um, and a couple of the bridesmaids and one of the other bridesmaids who is the groom's sister comes in and like the, th- like the three of us are talking and this girl looks me dead in the eye and goes wanna fuck <laughs> <laughs> Like you were there. <laughs> it was too good. I'm sorry. I had to jump in. <laughs> that was well played. Okay, well, right. the played. groom's sister did not say that. No, she, she did not. In and she she said... was there with her boyfriend. Um, and, <laughs> <laughs> um, and she still said, "Want to fuck?" I'm like, "What?" Um, no. Her boyfriend was right there. Yeah. So she looks me dead in the eye and goes, "You're Jewish, aren't you?" <gasps> and how <laughs> dare. And is she and Jewish too? She though? is Jewish. Oh, okay. she is. She and I are from the same. She wasn't being prejudiced. She was finding right. her tribe, <laughs> right? But like in an aggressive kind of way. Well, um, she's Jewish, so she's, she's Jewish. going for it. And she looks and like I mean this when I say this. She looks like my cousin Michelle. Um, and right. so she looks me dead in the eye and goes, "You're Jewish, aren't you?" And I'm like, "Yeah, like twenty five percent." And then my friend Karina in the other corner goes, "That's a lie." He is 100% Jewish. It was this whole, like, like half-sided conversation of, like, no, no, I can tell. You're a little Jew boy, aren't you? And I was like... <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, uh, <laughs> And she's like, no, I could tell because of the horror. Like, we needed your energy during the horror. And I'm like, 
yeah, I've been to like several bar mitzvahs before. She's <laughs> like, yeah, that's, my own. right. And she's like, yeah, that's because like you're Jewish. And I'm like, yeah, I'm Jewish. And she's like, I know, I can tell when. And I'm like, yeah, I know because I know that you're fr- that you and I are from the same county and that we're both Jewish because we have mutual friends who tell each other everything about the other one. Oh my god! And, like, wow. the reason like that's my main story is because like it's not like. I'm not, like, ashamed of it by any means. Like, if anything, like, with our current political time, I'm like, yeah, I'm Jewish. Come at me, Nazis. Mm. But it's kind of, it kind or of don't, felt like... Or just don't. Or don't. <laughs> it kind of felt like... And, like, this might be a stretch, but it kind of felt like the what are you question, like, for people of color. Okay. Like, it kind of felt like... As opposed to when they ask, where are you from? And you say, I'm from North Carolina. Right. You know what I mean? And like, they're like, no, no, where, like, where's your family from? And they're like, cool, North Carolina. Right. It kind of felt like that. It kind of felt like an affront as opposed to, like, a conversation. Was she trying mm. to figure out if you were, like, Ashkenazi? Or, no. no, she was just, she just kept being like, you're Jewish. Like, at me. <laughs> and I was just... Claire, Claire and I just, just looked at each like, other. Like, just like, <laughs> As someone who's not Jewish, like, I know... I, I know that even for one Jew to say to another Jew, like, you're Jewish in, like, an accusatory way. It was, it, like, in a, it, it, that's what it sounded like. And it's, like, I know she probably did not mean that. Like, like she has a lot, like, I don't want to, like, bash my friend's sister-in-law. Like, course. and I'm not right. going to. But it's, like, I know, like, she, like, had, like, her personality is just very different than, like, ours and my group of friends. Mm. So it's, like, and I had never spoken to her before that moment. So, like. To be like walked up to, to call you a little Jew and just boy. be like you're Jewish. Like I'm like, yeah. She's like, yeah, you're a little Jew boy, and I'm like, but who even says that? Right. But if you walked up to her and you were like, you're Jewish. You're a little Jap, aren't you? Right. She would be very upset. Exactly. She would be yeah, very yeah. upset. For those that don't know, Jew a Jap in this context is not. Like the derogatory 1950s term for a Japanese person, Mm-mm. or it really is, any Asian person, or really any no Asian. one would know, right? Yeah. In this case, Racist. it is it is a um, Jewish American princess. Yes, it is an acronym for Jewish American prince or princess. Now there are some women, w- w- those I have been very close friends with in the mm-hmm. past, that take Jap as like a, a badge of honor. Right. They love being called what they would say Jappy. Right. Jewish American princess like. And like I've joked just like around like people about myself being like yeah like like I'm like I like I'm such a Jap like. But, because the word used to be goyish and now it's basic. And, right. And <laughs> women and women like me who are unbelievably goitastic. Right. I'm I'm super basic and proud of it. Pumpkin spice latte, Uggs, North Face, you bring it to me. I'm right. gonna wear it and drink it and love it. Right. And be nice and warm. Yes. And My life is I... cozy as yeah. yours. It's Han Solo season. Yeah. Honey, it is Han Solo season. Yeah. So, thank you. so yeah, and then like I meanwhile. I did not speak to her at all after that point. Yeah, no. Like, what I did, did not see her. What did else in the bridal suite do? Were they uncomfortable? No, they were just kind of laughing at it, like, because, like, it's, a, like, it's, not that it's a joke amongst my friends about my religion, but it's like, yeah, now, like, Jen is marrying, like, a Jewish person. Like, uh, Karina's half Jewish. Sarah, like, we have this whole joke about, not a joke, but, like, I was her first Jewish friend. So, like, it's casual between, like, the group of us. Because it's the group of us. Yeah. And, like, they don't go... But they would also don't go up to me and be like, Hey, Jew. Or, like, yeah, hey, no. like... What like, would or like, Jew hey, do? Right. Yeah. Or, like, hey, Jew boy. Like, they don't, like... Like, if my Judaism comes up, it's like, Oh, yeah, because Ian's Jewish. Or, like, right. oh, yeah, because, like, we're gonna go... We're all gonna go, like, to thanks... Uh, we're all gonna go to Passover at Ian's place this year because he's hosting, because he's, mm. like, the resident Jewish person. Mm. Sure. Like, in that kind of, like, lighthearted, funny kind of way. Yeah. It's hard to, like, it, it's hard to describe, like, humor. Um, yeah, of course. It, and something that I needed, first off, I have to tell you that if, if, if Ian wasn't here right now, all this terminology is not something that I feel comfortable tossing around at all. Right. Yeah. And I will say that something I learned by living here in New York and being friends with predominantly Jewish people mm-hmm. And mostly the entire city is Jewish, right. like basically. I, or at least all of Brooklyn. What up? Uh, yeah, what up, Brooklyn? Um, is that, like, I didn't understand that the Semites are and consider themselves and are historically a race, and that anti Semitism is not only an anti Jewish, uh, like, mentality, but also a form of racism. Right. And I, and, and, 
it's kind of like rhombuses and squares. Some mm-hmm. are all, but not all are some. Right. Mm-hmm. And I and I didn't see that those two were also feeding off one another and mm-hmm. walking hand in hand. Yeah. So when another Jewish person is saying it to you, I mean, it, I think it's informed by the historical context of right. people not Jewish yelling it like that at, right. at, at your people. Right. And it's like, I mean, like, the whole, like, it is a whole, like, cultural thing, and, like, I think that's why it is so closely tied to being, like, a race. But, yeah, I guess, like, the point was, it's like, it's like, I don't know who you are, so you don't get to talk at me mm-hmm. in a way that I don't appreciate. Yeah. Like, what regardless if I was just of... very enthusiastically doing right. the horror. Right. Like, like, what if... Well, the yeah. thought, the, my thought was, like, what if I had just done Fiddler on the Roof in the past? Yeah. What if I had just, like been to what if I just was from like a Jewish neighborhood and like I'm and I'm a dance machine so I can just mm-hmm. pick up on choreography yeah like so maybe I picked it up the day of maybe I picked mm-hmm. it up at the bar mitzvahs I went to it's like there's a lot of assumption that goes into like a question like that I find and maybe I'm splitting hairs and I know I'm sure this this woman is lovely like she is now like my one of my dear friends like sisters mm-hmm. so it's like I don't say this like to bash her or like to say that anything is wrong with her, I, but to me it is a little like surprising and a little it's bit affronting. It's jarring. Yeah. That's the word. Yeah, and I mean, to, like maybe she thought that she was like doing a little bit of investigative journal. You know what I mean? Right. Like, because like, you like you don't have curly hair, or right. you you know or like whatever, or you don't have a typically Jewish last name, or right? Whatever. And she, uh, I remember one point she was like, "You look like a little Jew boy." I'm like, what the fuck? What does what that mean? You've got to stop mean? saying that. Like, right. That, I, like, then again, like, I don't know. As a non-Jew, as a non, like, uh, as as non-chosen, I can tell you that makes me uncomfortable right. listening to and it. And it's like, maybe the term, like, little Jew boy wasn't thrown around as much. Like, we, there was a lot of alcohol involved well, I mean, in Italy. Well, if it was said once, that was already was too many times. Right. Too many. So. Right. So, like, I'm, like... Because if positive. someone walked up to me and was like, hey, you look like a little white bitch. Are you right. a little white bitch? Like, of course I'm a little white bitch, yeah. but you don't say it like that. Yeah. You don't say but it only like I that. call me a little white bitch. <laughs> like, I don't know you. You can't right. say that to me yet. Yeah. Like, but you could say, like, uh, Aziz Ansari has an entire set about this. Right. Uh, or a set within his, uh, a joke within his set about yelling anything in a derogatory way can make it sound racist. And right. his joke is, hey, you little Kit Kat. You're a Kit Kat, aren't you? Right. And, like, everybody yeah. knows what Kit Kats are, but then you start thinking, like, like oh, what? Uh, what like, what are you saying? Yeah. And so, and part of it was, like, I flat out lied to her because I realized, like, if you're at a wedding and you're just a friend of, like, the bridal party, there's no stakes in it for you. That's true. Like, I'm never right. going to see any of those people again. True story. So it's, like, I can be, like, yeah, no, I'm actually from Finland. Um, I'm just here for like the weekend because you know like I got invited to a wedding and I showed up at a wedding and I demolished the wedding (laughs) what was was your impetus to say that you were only a quarter and not a hundred just to like like, fuck with her just to fuck with her yeah like I think like I don't know like I just think because I was like I don't know she happens to live in the city, but it's like, I, we're not going to meet up. Like, we're not going to go out of our way to meet up. You watch out, Ian, because mm-hmm. it, the number one rule of New York City is the person you want to see, you never run into when you and look hot. And when right. you look like fucking shit, you run into the person you never want to right, see. No, right, but right, seriously, right. though. Seriously. Like, how the fuck does it happen? No, I, I don't yeah. No. Not only will you see them, you will probably sit down directly next to them on the train without right. even realizing. Right. My that has favorite, happened to me. My <laughs> favorite New York City statistic, I have two favorites, they're tied for first. Mm-hmm. One, we've talked about these on the show before. Mm-hmm. If the entire United States was populated in the way that New York City is, we would all fit in half of Texas. <laughs> wow. 333 million of us in half of Texas. Wow. And my other favorite statistic applicable to this conversation is in one calendar year, if you live anywhere on Manhattan, you will pass the same stranger seven times, eight yep. times. Yep. I can't remember the number. It's happened to me already this year. Yeah. 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 No, seriously. Isn't there a dating app? based on that yes super creepy oh yeah Yeah. it's called happen yes that's right it's like (gasps) the people you cross paths with but probably didn't notice because you were asleep on the train now here's the thing here's the thing grinder uses the geo map to tell you that you're up to 10 feet away from another gay person that could be interested in dating on the grinder app 
happened does the same thing, but between hetero people, and it's so dangerous. Right. Yeah. Not to say that there's no one predatory in the LGBTQ community. Everyone who is a victim, we believe them. We That's all, not we what all I'm run saying. the risks. I'm just saying, if a creepy guy, which I'm sure there are hundreds of thousands in this city, mm -hmm. they can say, hey, Teresa is standing 10 feet away from me, and she has a really nice bag. You know what I mean? Like, that's right. that's where I'm like, no, no, no. I had happen for about two seconds. And someone was like, yeah, I think I just saw you walking down 57. Sorry we didn't stop and say hi. And I that's, was like, yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna be killed in my sleep. That's exactly <laughs> why exactly I deleted where it. Where I am. That's yeah. exactly right. Mm -hmm. I was I going to some movie theater on the Upper East Side with my little brother because there was this documentary movie about the making of American Idiot the musical like that Ooh. transition from album to musical okay. and I was like my Here's little girl watch that right yeah. don't wanna be in a documentary nice. nailed it <laughs> someone had to do it uh, so I'm walking with my little brother to the train after the movie and I get a message on Happen being like hey are you on 86th and Lex and I was like oh I would have flat up and like my God. I would have flat God. up and like nope I was Not like, me. Mikey, this is my criminal minds episode. This is when I get axe murdered. Okay, this somebody get Marishka on the phone. Because <laughs> there is a murder in wait. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And oh, I was like, God. goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. Farewell, app. Nope, yep. none of that. Oh, my yeah. God. And Creepy. So, well, thus endeth the, the second, second tangent. tangent. <laughs> and so then I guess my final part of my story would be that um, I thought of you, Teresa, because um, they played Shout at the wedding. Yes. And um, the next day I kept on thinking to myself, a little bit chowder now. A little bit chowder <gasps> That's now. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so cut to in three days, me putting a video up of like me holding chowder and yes. singing that song as he dances. Exactly. And meow. Put your hands up and meow. Put your hands <laughs> yes, up and exactly. meow. <laughs> so yeah, so I mean, other than that like one instance, which like, again, like there was alcohol involved. Like I might not be remembering it like 100% how it happened, but I'm sure nobody in that bridal suite could. Um, other than that, like, one specific, like, moment, it was, like, such a lovely time, and it was, like, such a fun, like, group of people to be around. Like, mm -hmm. it was, mm -hmm. it was just a great weekend to, like, be celebrating our friend who got married. Married. Yeah. Marriage. Marriage. She got married this past weekend. Schmer, Ding schmer. dong the bells. The glass was stepped up on. Schmer. 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 All right. I think it's time for the next thing that happened this I week. I agree. Cue... Zimnyoza. Okay, my turn. What happened, Claire? Eek! It was so fun. This past weekend, and I've done this before, but it bears repeating and doing as many times as you can. I went to karaoke in Koreatown. Mm. <laughs> yes. Now, Korean karaoke is the best kind of karaoke because Korea karaoke don't stop, okay? Facts. <laughs> First off, Korean karaoke is genius because they give you a private room, mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. means that you can make the experience anything you want it to be. All right. First off, I have to explain how Korean karaoke works. First off, Koreatown in Manhattan is on West 32nd between 5th and Broadway. Mm -hmm. It's a very tiny block with a lot of businesses. Yes. If you want Korean barbecue, if you want Korean goods, if you want Korean karaoke, they're inside nondescript office buildings with Korean lettering on the outside, Korean characters. Mm -hmm. And so if you didn't know that you happened to be in K-Town, you wouldn't know that all those businesses are hiding in these nondescript buildings. Mm -hmm. You go upstairs. Uh, I was at Karaoke City on 32nd on the seventh floor. And you go in, and it's an office building that they have turned each floor into its own business. So at right. one point, the elevator stopped, and it was like an entire floor of Korean barbecue. And the line was like bleeding into the elevator bank. Wow. And then we went up to seven to Karaoke City. In Korean karaoke, and, and basically any private karaoke club, it's a lot like the clean version of the back room at the strip club. It's a special room with black leather sofas all the way around the room, yep. velvet on the walls, and cool TV screens. The difference is no one is stripping and everyone's eating fries. Yeah. <laughs> there's a bunch of fried food. There's full service. There's bottle service. There's amenities. It's really cool. You go in, there's two giant binders, like humongous, bigger than three of my heads, 
by artist and by title you can pick any song that has ever existed and they definitely have a weird korean music video playing behind the yep. words <laughs> yeah you punch them into a bluetooth keypad that or not bluetooth but wireless that sends song codes to the plasma screen tv and you can cue them up in any order you want which is the most impressive part of this because if you go to a karaoke bar, you have to ask the DJ to queue up the song per song. Mm -hmm. And Korean karaoke is genius because you can queue up up to 100 songs, basically. We decided to, swinging back to what I got ahead of myself, Cart Before Horse, I, um, it's basically cat before hair, if we're... Right, <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, Ian, I, I love you. You know no, I'm just I'm, teasing, right? I know, but I'm also just like, I really hope I don't smell right now. You, you don't, don't, you're good. Thank no, you, thank you. you. Okay, good, I appreciate it. Um, I don't know that's, that we would. You know when people are like, no, I would tell you. I'm not sure that... I, I I'm just like, that's my only thing. It's like, I, thank God for podcast mediums, because I'm like, I look like shit, I just hope I don't smell. <laughs> One day we will do a 4D smell cast where right. we send all of the listeners a scratch and sniff. Right. <laughs> oh, scratch and sniff. Scratch and sniff. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Go they on. still put them on Valentine's. Yes. The kids I nanny have, like, you can have scratch and sniff Valentine's. <laughs> Hold, please. Aren't noted. <laughs> yeah. In February, we'll send them to all of you. This week's thing at gmail.com. Right. <laughs> um, so. We decided to basically take a walk down memory lane and cue all songs from the late 90s and early aughts. Yes. Mm. We sang Complicated, we sang Misery <sighs> Business, we sang the mm. Anyone You Calling Me <laughs> We sang a lot of Britney, mm. Backstreet uh, Boys, not the R&B group. NSYNC, 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 NSYNC. And, uh, and, um, I sang, uh, breathe. If I just breathe, everything's in between. I know everything is That's Michelle right. Branch, right? Yeah. Oh, she was I my favorite. any of those words. I just know the vowels she's making. So yeah. whenever I sing it, I just like, I think the Yes. Yeah. Oh, fierce breath, girl. I try. Those words are, if I just breathe into every space between oh no everything is all right so first of all that was fierce as fuck second of all <laughs> i never would have guessed those are the words nope same same <laughs> i just learned those lyrics today they're all they're, i was today years old today, uh, they're exactly all uh incomplete sentences though like into every space between oh no everything is all right like they're not the thoughts go together but there's no complete sentences in that Got chorus it. The mm. one that gets me though is at the end. It's um, uh, uh, wondering why I should stay because I don't wanna waste another moment saying things we never meant to say. I'm like, what were the things you never meant to say? <laughs> what things? Tell me what things. And I take it just a little bit. I wondering if you into it maybe. I've been waiting for a chance to, to let, let you in. in. Yeah, it, none of it really makes sense, but it all somehow goes Like, together. it all, like, it's cohesive. Yes, yeah, a yeah, cohesive yeah. song. And thus endeth. The third No, it's not a tangent because we are talking no, about karaoke. No, we're talking karaoke. about karaoke. <laughs> this is relevant. I almost this called is relevant. this So anyway, we had a fantastic time. It was so wonderful. The other wonderful thing about Korean karaoke is that there's lasers in the ceiling, disco balls all over the room, and they got light up tambourines. So question. There are tambourines? Yes. And so you can go, if I just shake it, shake it, shake it, shake it, this tambourine lights up. That's amazing. It's like light up sneakers, but better. Oh, it's so fantastic. Light up sneakers. She said light up sneakers. Oh man. So we had so much fun. We pay, and it's unbelievably affordable. Yeah. I paid for the whole room for including tax and a 20% tip, 150 bucks for two hours. Wow. That's not bad at all. For 10 people. And is this like the kind where like there's no stage and you kind of just pass around a mic? Yes, or? it's all around. Oh. It's like the room is wrapped by uh, booth benches. Basically. Right, it's like couches all around. The couches all around and then a giant like coffee table ottoman in the center where, yes. the, where the binders are. Okay, cool. Because like 
Long story short, like, I don't like karaoke. I don't do karaoke. I almost broke up with a girlfriend on her birthday because of this once. Oh. What? Yeah. Why? Um, she was at, she was forcing you to sing? She was, she was trying to. Um, and... You would break up with someone over that? No. Like, I'll, I'll explain this. So it's not a whole tangent. I'll explain the story off air. Um, okay. Especially because it involves someone that we all know. Ah, um, got it. Later, I was at a friend's, like, birthday thing, and it was that kind of karaoke, and I was like, mm. I could be into this. Because uh, that feels more like oh, a team sport. Private room karaoke versus, oh, you versus were being like, forced to sing in a bar. Like, in, yeah, like, on okay. a stage, like, mm-hmm. yeah, like, I, like, that kind of karaoke I love. Yes. Like, because that feels like a team, like, event. Mm-hmm. Like, it feels like everyone is, like, working with each other, and it's not just like, yes. hey, you're on stage singing poorly. Mm, right. Right. Like, Which you would never be on stage singing poorly. Well, I wouldn't, in. but, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not saying it wouldn't cross my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I do have to give it up for the staff at these places. They deal with a lot of intense, drunk people celebrating different kinds of events in their lives, right. and it could be a very stuffy, stodgy business. And they genuinely, every time I go to different Korean karaoke places in K Town, the staff could not be friendlier. They are so accommodating. They let us start late because not our whole group was there and we didn't want to, like, start the time without, like, having everybody. It was so gracious of them and I really... I'm just so grateful that there's still, like, good small businesses in New York City that are, like, there for customer service. Yeah. Yeah. It's that kind of staff and those kind of people that make me feel like I could make a genuine complaint and I'd be taken seriously. Right. And I wouldn't have to do the, can I speak to your manager for someone to listen to me. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. which I haven't pulled very often, but sometimes, you know, mm. in the whitest fashion. <laughs> I'm glad you said it. <laughs> I had to do that at a Dwayne Reed once and it was very embarrassing. It was a lot more trouble than it was worth. Oof. I left crying. They Aww. definitely won. <laughs> oh, bummer. Uh, bummer. It was over my balance rewards points, y'all. I want those points. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, So, yeah, I love karaoke. It was so much fun. Great. 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 Love it. Teresa, when was the last time you karaoke'd? Probably like two or three months ago. Okay. Um, A director who I work with a bunch, he directs and I choreograph. Um, I think we've worked on maybe four or five shows together. He sometimes hosts karaoke at a bar. Mm. And so... He always talks about how, like, the worst thing is when, like, no one will come up to try, like, to put a song in. And he's just sitting there trying to be like, please sing. Um, So we all, like, show up to be supportive. Um, I think the last time I actually sang at karaoke was maybe a year ago. Mm. I usually like to close out the bar with uh, 500 Miles. Yep, yep. Ooh. Yeah, it's perfect. So... That's usually when they're like, okay, last song of the night. I'm like, I am singing the last song of the night. I got this. I am singing 500 Miles, and everyone else, y'all are welcome to join me. We're all singing this together. It's the perfect, perfect karaoke song. You know what's another fantastic Irish song? Mm. I get knocked down, but but I get up again. again. You're never never going to keep keep me down. down. I get knocked down, but I get up again. You're never never going to keep me down. When I was little, I thought it was... Chumba Wumba, baby. I thought it was, I get knocked down by an elephant. I get knocked down by an elephant. You're never gonna keep me down. I get that. Um, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Sorry, my you know friend. That, you know that song that's um, there's a bad moon on the rise. You know yeah, that song. Yeah, yeah. My brother, we have a family joke because he used to sing. There's a bathroom on the rise. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, also, my friend like informally named her cat after Chumbawamba. Oh, Chumbawamba. Her, her cat's name is Chumby. Like, it's adorable. Oh, yeah. What kind of cat? Um, similar to Chowder, like, black and white, like... Oh, I love tuxedo cats. They're so snuggly. Yeah, I don't think she's, I don't think she's a tuxedo, but she's, like, black and white, like, mm. almost like Alonzo from the musical Cats. Yeah. <laughs> I know exactly what That's you mean. That's a very deep cut. I know. <laughs> and trust me, everyone who knows me has sent me at least one article about the upcoming Cats movie. Ian is drinking out of a Cats I am. Right now. I have a brand and I stick to it. <laughs> I'm not ashamed. It's a little controversial. I want that sung at my funeral. (laughs) It's actually on your headstone. It's just like. (laughs) It starts with To the Tune of Memory. Um, (laughs) To the Tune of Memory. Oh my god. Strongly. So I believe it is. Yeah, it's going to be Teresa's turn. Our guest of honor. Cue the music. So 
this week, actually last night, Ooh. I did a reading of the Children's Hour. Ooh. Ooh. Um, but yeah, so Children's Hour by Lillian Hellman, and it was, I had seen the second half of the movie, so I knew the gist of what happens, but it was, the play itself is so, like, it's genuinely like hard to read but also you can't take your eyes off of it it's kind of like watching a car crash you know it's Mm. so just for some background it's about these two women who run it takes place in the 1930s and it's these two women who run this school and they have this problem child this little douche face named mary Um, a technical term technical term that's in her character description actually (laughs) um and the girl Mary is about to get into a bunch of trouble because she's being a little douche face and deserves it. And she, you know how like some kids are based like well most kids are basically sociopaths like that's right. why we had to invent Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny and that kind of thing to get them to behave. Like they have to think someone's watching at all times right. otherwise they're sociopaths. Um, said with love. Um, <laughs> but so I actually think the way I would describe it is like drunken monsters. <laughs> I like that too. Where like they're just stumbling around until you tell them mm-hmm. stop that, stop yeah. that. Because if you do that same thing to a drunk person, you go stop what you're doing. They go okay. <laughs> Literally, it's the same thing. True story. True story. So she's so not, they're they're yeah. dealing with this. How old is this kid? Somewhere between twelve and fourteen. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it's so like the age. The the age of hormones and bad decisions. Yeah, and so you know those kids who um, lie constantly, and when you call them on a lie. They like they double down, and yep. they like, mm-hmm. and then they start to believe it, and yep. they start to get like really. They start martyring themselves yep. about how nobody ever believes them, and everyone picks on them. Yeah, yeah. I was the Claire who cried wolf. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this girl Mary is like that, and so she's that paired with like a family that is, you know, this is during the Great Depression, and so this is like one of the old money families, some of the only people to hold on to their money and to still have money. And she's the granddaughter of one of those people. And so she's spoiled rotten. So when she goes to these to the school and these two women are like, you're lying right now. And I don't understand why, like you won't be in trouble if you say X, Y, and Z happened. But obviously A, B, and C is a lie. And it's an obvious lie and we know it. And she's, like, throwing a temper tantrum. She makes herself faint onto the floor. She claims she has a heart condition. Um, So she's just basically the worst. And so she's about to get in a bunch of trouble for her shenanigans. And instead of dealing with said trouble, she makes up this lie that um, she saw the two women who run the school kissing and that they're lesbians. So it's the 30s, and so this little girl is saying that these two women who run this school and who they have a bunch of kids living at the school with them, female kids living at the school with them, are lesbians, and that they've seen them kissing and that they're too scared to say anything. And then this little girl, Mary, has also been blackmailing her classmates. She, like, finds things out about them into corroborating this story. I'm exhausted. Exhausted, right? So, yeah, I read the part of one of the women who runs the school. Um, but the actual twist at the end is that this little sociopath was kind of picking up on something that was at least 1% real for one of the women running the school, mm. who she's actually this deeply, deeply, deeply closeted gay woman. And she is deeply in love with her best friend with whom she runs this school. And so after the fact, after the school has been shut down, they try and like bring up a libel suit, which they lose. Um, After the fact, she finally says to her best friend, you know, it's actually true. I do love you. And then she goes and kills herself. Spoilers for the children. Oh my God. So it's such an intense, and you're watching this happen and you cannot look away. It's like those videos of people like, getting into car crashes like really like parkour that goes wrong yeah 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 yeah, yeah. or like someone's skiing and it just like they lose control of it it's and the play is so good oh my god it's so good it's one of the first terrifying um, it had uh it had a production in new york and in the 30s like this was written in the 30s which blew my i was like yes lillian girl go for it damn um it had a production in new york and then they tried to bring it to boston and the city of boston banned it and it was actually one of the first ACLU cases Ooh. that they took on, and they lost. Wow. Yeah. Crazy, uh-huh. right? Yeah, so did that last night. 
Wow. Holy shit. That's not dissimilar wow. to like the whole concept behind Indecent. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like play that was like about like this like deeply controversial matter for its mm-hmm. time and then mm-hmm. like was brought up and like fought against. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And something that came up was um, if one were to put on a production of The Children's Hour, one could keep it in its 1930s time frame. But the director, if you're going to produce it in New York, would have to really, would have their work cut out for them to make it very, very, very clear that it is not now. Mm. Uh, yeah. Everyone in the reading and in the room, most of us grew up in either New York or grew up in San Francisco or grew up in these like liberal hubs where something like that in present day wouldn't be such a, like, thing right you know and so we were talking about how as a director and this and very particular actors would really have to make it so overtly clear what this meant at that time right and if you wanted to put it somewhere else you'd have to be very strategic about where right. you placed it and you yeah. have to all speak that same language yeah, it's you not, have to have it's that not shakespeare you can't yeah. toss it into any place in time right I mean, that doesn't really apply to every Shakespeare, but almost all of them. Yeah, right. At least all of the, in a general all of the sense, comedies. Yeah. It made me think, I'm pretty sure that my alma mater produced The Children's Hour last year. Really? Yeah. And I would imagine knowing how Elon does things, they would probably keep it in its original time and place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was very intense. I believe it. That's oh my goodness. Like, but that's fascinating. So yeah. what's your biggest takeaway from this experience? Um... Mm, good question. Are you interested in, in being a part of a production of this at some point? I would be. I The part I read was the character who was so deeply closeted mm. and who kills herself. And as I was reading through her, because it happens very quickly, like they've been sitting in like the ruins of the school building, um, basically hold in because no one in the town will sell them anything. No one will, like, basically everyone has turned against them. Um, And her monologue, where she goes from, it's definitely not true, it's definitely not true, I've always loved you like a sister, like a friend, how women love their friends, but no, actually it is true. Like, that monologue, Mm -hmm. I feel like I would need... I don't usually, when I'm in a show, work with an acting coach, mm-hmm. like because I feel like that's it's a lot of cooks in the kitchen. Yes. Um, but I feel like if I were to, if this becomes an actual production and I have that role, I would need to actually, like, I need to work with a coach on this. Yeah. I need someone's help with sure. this. Um, because it's so much. And just navigating, A, how to get there so you're doing this character service. And from a big picture point of view, making it believable that she would, after this monologue, go into the next room and shoot herself. Right. Um, Making it believable, but also, as an actor, being able to then, at the end of the night, let go of that. Separate yourself. Right. That's big. Yeah, I feel like I would need to be like, okay, everyone, who's your favorite acting coach for, like, really intense stuff like this? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was my wow. big takeaway. It makes me think of Night Mother, the play mm. Night Mother, mm. where the first line is, I'm going to kill myself tonight, Mother. Right. <laughs> and then at the end of the show, guess what she does? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She goes in the other room and she kills herself. herself. Um, it does make me think of that. The other thing it makes me think of, I had a professor in college who was my director on Pride and Prejudice, mm-hmm. and there were a lot of, I played Mrs. Bennett. Yes. 30 years too young. Yes. <laughs> oh, actually, you know what? Mrs. Bennett could be anywhere between her late 30s and her mid-50s, if you think about it. You know, because yeah. she could have started having, she could have had her oldest daughter at what, like 15 or 16? Yeah. 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 So it's not that crazy. Um, but that being said, there were a lot of opportunities, uh, actually to tie into what you all were talking about before where his process is very clearly trying it until it locks together Mm. and he makes that clear like we want to try it a thousand different ways until we pick our favorite Mm -hmm. Uh and we don't rehearse until we get it right we do it until we can't not get it right Mm. and his favorite phrase is that's what it wants to be right and so in you saying that like I wouldn't normally do this but this is what this particular project requires right when you were to live in that world in that body for a while like you would know exactly that's what it wants to be right yeah I use that in my own dialogue like the life of its own like the life of this like particular thing like 
her yes. humanity, her yes. spirit. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it wants to be. Yeah. I Some say deep that a lot. shit, guys. I love yes. it. Yes. <laughs> Shout out to Kevin Otis, my <laughs> dream professor and director. I Yay. just love him so much. Yay. Mm. Yes. Yay. <laughs> All right. Are you ready for our not so scientific quiz? Yeah, let's do it. Yes. Sing it, Claire. Quiz time. Quiz time. Quiz time. Shmur, shmur. Okay, Teresa Burns, Dish. love of our life, mm. wonderful podcast guest. Dish. <laughs> Question number one: What are you obsessed with this week? What am I obsessed with this week? The app Bumble. I just downloaded it and just started dating again after like nine thousand years of not actually dating and completely forgetting I have a personal life. Okay, <laughs> Bumble. Yes, I love Bumble. I, buzz, I have been on Bumble. Do you know why Bumble's called Bumble? Why? Because you're looking for your honey. Oh. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's cute. Do y'all know the story of how Bumble got started? No. no. Oh my gosh. You, actually, you might have told me at one point. I think I told you. I can't remember if it's on the show. So apologies, listeners, but Teresa, you're gonna your mind's about to be blown. Very excited. When Tinder was created, it was created by a guy, his girlfriend, and the guy's college roommate. And when they graduated school... It was only like a year or two until Tinder had its public initial public offering on uh-huh. the stock exchange. Uh-huh. When they did, and the company was evaluated basically at like a billion dollars or whatever, mm-hmm. a couple billion dollars, the guy and his girlfriend of the three co-founders broke up. And Whoa. she, they, they stayed keeping doing, like they kept doing their business together, but eventually she started to get like cornered out of the business. The two guys basically conspired against her, sexually harassed her, slandered her in the media, and so then she took them to court for wrongful termination, sexual harassment, breach of contract, da 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 She's awarded $2 billion. Holy oh shit. Oh my god. And found Bumble. <gasps> oh, um, I'm so glad I'm using Bumble. I am. So, Bumble is an app by women for women. Yeah. Yeah. The best part about Bumble is it's Virtually zero harassment. Yeah. 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 I'm still on the fact that you can buy shares of Tinder. Yeah. Crazy. Like, I did not know it was a publicly traded company. I could buy it right now on my phone. I'm, same. Like, <laughs> like what? I'm, that's, that's where I'm at today. Now, know that I am not an economist. I don't know, like, all of the ins and outs of the story, but that's the way it was told to me, and I find it riveting. Yes. Riveting. Riveting. Riveting, honey bun. <laughs> all right. So, second question. Yes. I'm going to play a little game. So, I need three fingers in the air. And let's all play. Let's all play. Never have I ever. <laughs> uh, never have I ever made my own maple syrup. I've never done that, so I leave my fingers up. Right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. All right. Your turn. Never have I ever enjoyed pasta. Down. Down. What? I forgot that about you. I forgot that. And my mother is from Sicily. She's from Palermo, Sicily, and I hate pasta. And the other side, and then the other side is that your dad is from Ireland, and and Teresa doesn't like potatoes. potatoes. Wow. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Never have I ever done one of those rides where it's like a bungee thing inside the spinny circle. You know what I mean? Where they release it and the ball mm-hmm. flies up in the air and it's right. connected to bungee cables. Right, right. No, I haven't. Never Damn it. Um, never have I ever thrown up in an amusement park, though. Oh, I have. <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. Never have I ever mm, driven a car. Down. Down. I'm about wow. to drive home later today. Jesus. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Right, broken girl. Yep. Never have I ever smoked a cigarette. Nope. Wow, look at us. We're very healthy singers. Healthy yes. woke millennials. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, never have I ever been above East 125th Street. Really? Not on that, no, not on the east side. I totes have. No. I'm sure I have. Down. All right. Close out. I'm out. It's between Ian and Teresa now. Oh, okay. I still get to play. I'm just making rules now. Right, fine. (laughs) Never have I ever owned a memory foam mattress. Shit. Ian wins. Ian's a winner. (laughs) Winner, winner, chicken, Ian. Hit me. (laughs) Okay. Question number three. What are you watching slash listening to right now or reading? 
Okay, I am watching The Haunting of Hill House for the second time through because it's amazing. Is it really scary? Because I want to watch it, but I'm a little bit afraid. It's not super scary. It's definitely creepy and it's definitely disturbing. There are only a couple of jump scares. Okay, but Mm. if I watch Black Mirror, like it's in the same amount of spooky creepy? I've never seen Black Mirror, so I'm not sure. Have you seen either of these? I've seen part of Haunting of Hill House because Morgan, was, my roommate Morgan, was watching it, so I've seen parts of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I, is it more psychological thriller? Um, I so, do you watch This Is Us? No, but I, I have before. So it's like, you know how This Is Us talks about a family but jumps through time a bunch. Yeah, that's what this show does. Except this family, for the first chunk of their lives, were in this very haunted house and are dealing with deep trauma. So, okay. because of that house, and there are five siblings, and how they've spread out, and you know, whole it's a whole thing. Uh, so, yeah, I wouldn't call it even a thriller. I would call it like a very disturbing, like ghost movie. Okay, yeah, okay. So it's like paranormal activity mm. meets parenthood. A little bit, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well played. Yeah. Yes. Hire me, studios. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be your hype woman. Are you listening to anything? Reading anything? Yes, I am listening to. I just started. I just got re obsessed with the Spelling Bee original cast recording. Yes. Ooh. I don't know why. It just one day I was playing with Chowder and um, the song Pandemonium popped into my head. Life yeah. is such a calamity. It's so good. I love so that. Uh, just the genuine when the uh, what's his face says. Somebody spell crayon, and they're like, crayon? It's yeah. just so, <laughs> like, it's so perfect. Uh, so I recently got re-obsessed with that, so I've been listening to that a bunch. And reading, I just finished reading The Rules Do Not Apply by Arielle Levy, which is a memoir, and it is amazing. I highly recommend it. All right. Great. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, question number four. Without cheating, who was the last person you texted? That wasn't one. That of wasn't what it was. <laughs> I was about to be like you. Yeah. <laughs> um, the last person I texted was Raja. He sent me a very cute puppy picture. It was a puppy golden retriever in pajamas, and I made a ridiculous sound when I saw it, and then was like, "How dare you make a ridiculous? Make me make <laughs> Is it a Raja ridiculous." Burrows? Of course, it's Raja Burroughs. <laughs> Hey, Hi, Raja. Raja <laughs> oh, he's a sweetheart. He's a sweetheart. Yeah. yeah we have you know a- him too, or just from her Facebook activity? I may or may <laughs> not have asked Raja out one time. Aww. We tried to go out, but at the time, we were both really busy. It didn't work, mm. but Aww. maybe one day it'll work out. Yeah, Aww. Raja is wonderful. He's a sweetheart. He, uh, he and I work for the same tutoring company, and so we have this running gag where I send him adorable animal pictures while I know he's at the office, so he makes embarrassing noises in front of the company CEO, um, and he ma- sends me adorable animal pictures all the time, which usually means I'm either working with a student or I'm at an audition or I'm in rehearsal and make ridiculous noises. So yeah, that's nice. our entire <laughs> friendship in a nutshell. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Now our final question is our favorite this week and every week. Question number five. Name one person, living or dead, whom you may or may not know, who you would like to wish well this week. My baby cousin Jules. Um, She's not a baby. She's a grown-ass woman. But she (laughs) is younger than me, so she's my baby cousin. Uh, She, her birthday was two days ago. Aw, happy birthday, Jules. Uh, And she's been doing, like, a lot of big, like, life events this, over the last two months. Like, she moved out of her parents' house and moved in with her boyfriend. And... She, um, wow, big stuff. Yeah, Crazy, big yeah. one. And she's also a teacher, and she, this is her first year with like her own classroom. Like, she's been student teaching for a while, and now she's like got her own classroom. Aww. And wow. this is what she does. And she just adopted a third puppy. A third and, puppy? Yeah, I know. She's like living the best life. Um, yeah, and it was just her birthday. And you know, she's one of my favorite cousins. I love all my cousins, but she is one of my faves. And yeah, so I just hope she's doing well and want to wish her well. Doesn't that sound like a YA novel? A third puppy for Jules? A third puppy for Jules. Maybe not YA, but maybe like, you know, like that middle school reader where like the chapters are really short. Mm -hmm. Like Beverly Cleary would... Right Beverly mm-hmm. Cleary, or maybe like um a, like a graphic novel type mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ooh, that's yeah. what the kids I nanny they're really into that right now. Mm. They read Sisters and Brace Face and all of those. Oh, cool. and, nice. Yeah, not Brace Face. What's it called? Maybe it's called The Braces or something. But mm. yeah, Smile. It's called Smile, and mm. and it's the sequel to Sisters, mm. or maybe the prequel. I can't remember. But anyway, <laughs> check it out because it's really if you have a middle schooler in your life, it's the perfect book. 
You yeah. need to know. All right. Teresa, what are you working on right now? What do you want to plug? Name anything and everything. Where and can we find you? Yeah, how can on we the, find on you? On the social meds and online and stuff. Let's see. Okay, so... Uh, my next upcoming project is, I think I'm choreographing a production of Rent. Um, cool. Which wow. is exciting. Um, contract is still in negotiation, but I'm pretty sure it's happening. Um, that'll be in 2019, so I'm starting pre-pro pretty soon. Pre-pro. Um, and Pre-production. Pre-production. <laughs> <laughs> so that means right. like when you, you know, the creative team gets together to make decisions and shit that shouldn't really happen in front of the cast in the rehearsal room, mm-hmm. you know? Um Hopefully. Right. Um, fingers crossed. Uh, yeah. And for social media, I you can find Chowder on mm-hmm. social media on Instagram at Chowder Halps, H-A-L-P-S, Humans, H-O-O-M-A-N-Z. Chowder um, Halps Humans. Um, and I am also on Instagram as the human of Chowder. <laughs> yes. So that's me. I'm also on the Twitter, but I don't update that very often. But I'm on Instagram pretty regularly. So you can find me there. Yeah. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Cool. I'm at Womanship on Twitter and Snapchat, ClaireManship.com, and Facebook.com slash Julia Claremanship. Oh, right. I have a website. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Girl. It's TeresaBurns.net. T H E R E S A B U R N S dot net. I forgot that exists. There Thanks, Claire. <laughs> um, and I don't have a website, but you can find me at um, iBroski on Twitter and Instagram and at Brodsky Ian on Facebook. The show is at thisweeksthing.com, thisweeksthing at gmail.com, hashtag thisweeksthing. At thisweeksthing is our handle everywhere, but predominantly on Twitter is where you can find us. Yeah, uh, make sure to like, comment, rate, subscribe, and listen to us on, uh, it, not Instagram, don't listen to us on Instagram. <laughs> um, but I mean, you, can, you could try, you but can it's going to be futile. Right. Yeah. Um, but you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud and Stitcher and Google Play. Yes. Uh, so, Teresa, thank you so friggin' much. Of course, thank you for having me. This of was course. lovely. Oh, <laughs> so lovely. You have such a beautiful spirit. Yeah. Thank you. Really I really do. like spending time with you guys. This is a really nice, like, we're yes. sitting at a window. Yep. We're, like, chilling. This is a really nice morning. Yes. Right. Well, mm. I feel, like, ready to take on the day. Yeah. So, yes. And you're welcome back anytime. Yes, please. Yes, please come back. Um, so, until next week, I'm Claire Manship. And I'm Ian Brodsky. And, and that, that was, was the thing, thing that, that happened, happened this week. week. Bye! Bye! Bye!